Amen. 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 Listen, I'm excited because you're here. Uh, when you I miss was, me, I, I miss you, but I, I especially miss you because as I started teaching last Sunday, there were so many nuances that I knew had you been here, you would have dropped some nuggets on them. And so I, I'm, I'm happy that we're here today. Uh, we talked about managing disappointment uh, last Sunday, and then Pastor Ralph allowed me to take a refreshed Bible study, and I talked about staying in faith when, when disappointment arises. And so today we're going to really spend some time talking about some of those practical things, some of those skill based things we skill need. Skill based do. things. And I know you've got some wonderful examples. So let me just start off by saying that we need to understand that whenever we are dealing with disappointment, right, from the perspective of born again believers, and if you're a born again believer out there, I'm talking to you, we understand that we have to have our faith integrated into what we're doing. It's not just a matter of saying, okay, what are these five or six skills that Pastor Edwin, Pastor Sean talked about? Our faith has to be integrated into that. That's really because good. Because part of, part of managing disappointment, and I explain why I use that word managing, but part of managing disappointment is making sure that we are responding to disappointment through biblical-based practices, right? Biblical-based practices. practices. It's not some... I'm trying to mentally ascend over what's taking place. I'm acknowledging. We talked about emotional honesty on Wednesday night. I can be emotionally honest and say, man, I'm sad that this thing happened, or I'm angry that this thing happened, or I'm feeling this particular way. But then I have to use those sound biblical practices to say, I don't live by how I feel, though. I don't, I don't, I don't walk by my sight. I walk by faith. Go back to the word. What did the word say? Because this approach, when we do it properly, it allows us to be rooted in a deep understanding and belief that as a believer, I absolutely can find strength. I can find guidance. I can find peace by exercising my faith. And we talk about faith is this thing where we know that faith, we know faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. We know that it begins where the will of God is known. Mm -hmm. And then we learned our definition that faith is supernatural power, right? That comes from God given to me as a believer so that I can uh, partner with God and bring his will to pass. So while I'm going through this disappointment, all of these things are ringing through my head and reminding me of who I am. You talk all the time about being reintroduced to yourself. When disappointment comes, you have to be reintroduced to yourself. Oh, that's good. You have to remember who you are in Christ Jesus. You have to remember who you have been made, that you are no longer uh, this, this weak human, that you are this supernatural being who is an overcomer. And as you do that, you turn to God and you begin to rely on his promises. And as believers, we start to navigate all of these challenges that life throws at us because life is going to life. I think that's how you say it. Life is going to life, right? Life is going to do what it does. We live in a world where uh, the Bible says it rains on the just as well as the unjust. So sometimes we're going to be just, but we're going to get some rain. And we got to learn how to deal with that rain. We got to learn how to deal with the storms that come through. And if we learn how to navigate these challenges of disappointment and we learn how to do it with grace and resilience and we learn how to find comfort in our faith, strength in our convictions and hope in our assurance, then we come out on the other side victorious. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Jer Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, and they are thoughts to 
prosper you. They are to increase you, to give you an expected end. And, and, and we have to learn how to grab hope to that while we are going through life's disappointments. And so today, I'm just happy that you're here because we're going to get a chance to talk about some of these practical and effective ways to deal with disappointment. Man, that's so good. How many of you have ever felt disappointment? Oh, absolutely. How many of you ever felt disappointment? If you've ever felt disappointment, put a four in the comments. Now, here's the next number. If you have ever struggled to deal with that disappointment, mm -hmm. put a nine in the comments. Mm -hmm. Four, I felt disappointment. Nine, I've struggled to manage that disappointment. I'm going to put 49. 49. <laughs> no, no, no. If you've ever felt disappointment, because you need to understand that disappointment is common to the human experience. It is. You also need to understand that you are a new creature in Christ. So you are never left with the world's options for managing disappointment. I love that. Say that again. Okay. Because, because people need to know. You need to understand you need this. To, that, that, that I don't care how saved you are, you can't be saved enough to avoid disappointment while you're in the earth. Disappointment is a part of the human, of the human experience. experience. However, you are a new creature in Christ, which means you do not have to manage disappointment as a human. Now, this is the thing that a lot of people really struggle with, right? Because when people are going through pain, then people start saying things like, I'm just a human. But you're not. You are a born again believer with access to supernatural power to overcome your disappointment. I am experiencing something in my human existence. It's not who I am. I need somebody to hear this. It's not who I am. I am experiencing this because I am a human in the earth. A human in the earth. But I am also. But I am also a born again a, supernatural overcomer who lives in victory. Y'all ought to be sharing this with everybody. <laughs> I know you know somebody that's facing disappointment. I know you know someone that like the man who reached out to you that says, "Listen, I've been over. I've been overcome with disappointment by my father's passing for 10 years because the truth of it is, is we have an idea of how things are going to play out. Because that's what remember our definition of disappointment was, is that disappointment was simply a uh, a, a perceived uh, it was it was dis, it, it was a uh, how can I say that disappointment was an, an unmet expectation, either perceived or real perceived or real perceived or real perceived yes. or real perceived right or real. perceived or real and i think that um I, I think that we really want to do the romans 12 and 2 work on mm -hmm. this so that when we face disappointment disappointment doesn't crush us there it is Di it's the feeling of dissatisfaction the dissatisfaction that follows failure or perceived failure of expectations or hope to manifest, mm -hmm. right? right? And so what happens with this man that you were talking about, he is disappointed because in his mind, his father dies prematurely. Yes. Yes. He expected to have more yes. time with his father. Yes. In particular, his father passed away in a car accident. He wasn't sick. He, he wasn't, wasn't, it was, know, it was so unexpected. It's, un, it's unexpected. Yes. Yes. And when that happens, if we are not careful, we can get stuck in the illusionment that disappointment yeah. brings. It'll rob us of, it, it, it literally comes to rob you of hope. It comes to rob you of hope, right?
And so because the enemy is a terrorist, you have to understand this. The, the enemy is a terrorist. So he is never satisfied that someone died. Mm -hmm. He needs to kill everything else mm -hmm. he can as a result of it. Mm -hmm. He is never satisfied that you lost a job. He wants you to be afraid of success for the rest mm -hmm. of your life. So we need to understand that while disappointment is a part of the human, the human experience, we have a God that has promised us hope and victory, even when things don't work out like we thought they would. Absolutely. Disappointment doesn't mean it's our forever. We, we have to resist the urge to allow disappointment to set up permanent residence in our lives. So what we're going to do, I think these are the nuances you're talking about. Mm -hmm. What I want you to do right now, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, is there a place in my life where disappointment has me stuck? Mm -hmm. Because for some people, it may be obvious. If you're dealing with death or something like that, that can be pretty obvious, yeah. right? There are other things that like, if you thought you would be married by now, or if you never thought you would get or divorced. if you thought you would finish school and you, something happened, you didn't, and you have, didn't get, you didn't get to, to finish school, school right? Yep. So listen, you need to ask the Lord, is there a place that disappointment has you stuck? Mm. Because you need to intentionally apply the yep. practical teaching yes. to that first. Yes. To that first, yes. let the Holy Spirit come and deal with that and give you hope and give you new perspective and show you how he's working that for your good. Absolutely. So we're talking about these practical and effective ways mm -hmm. to deal with disappointment. Mm -hmm. We need practical and effective ways to deal with disappointment. Let me, I want you to hear this. When someone begins to attempt to dismantle your disappointment, when your disappointment has become an emotion that you are comfortable with and an addiction that drives you, mm -hmm. you are going to feel some kind of way about it being dismantled. Mm -hmm. Because the truth of it is, is that if we build a dependence on disappointment, we don't have to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. And if we can't be in faith, unless we take the risk of being disappointed. Right. So we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit, and how many of you, as you asked that question, heard the Holy Spirit say, yes, there is a place that disappointment has you stuck. Yes, there is a place that you turn down your shine. Yes, there is a place that you stop dreaming. Yes, there is a place that you stop letting me into this because you didn't want to feel that hurt anymore. Because one of the things you will not hear us talk about when we talk about managing disappointment you won't ever hear us talk about lowering our expectation. Mm. Some people mm. manage disappointment by lowering their expectation. Because if I lower my expectation, then I can't be disappointed. But that's not an effective kingdom way to manage disappointment. It's like, it's like I want love, but I've been hurt by people so many times. So I'm just going to say to myself, I don't need love. I, I don't I don't need to be in a relationship. I want to be married, but, I, but I'm just going to say I don't, because if I say I don't want to be married and I don't get married, then I won't be disappointed. But that is not a kingdom way to manage disappointment. So when we talk about practical and effective ways to deal with disappointment or to manage disappointment, we're talking about via the kingdom. 
We talk about the kingdom way to manage Absolutely. And if this message is resonating with you, you need to be hardened, firing, and sharing it. I love what Ralph just said, if we can pull that back up, because I think everybody needs to make that confession right there. I will not manage disappointment by lowering my expectations. Mm -hmm. In other words, I will not come off what God said. Lisette mm -hmm. said her husband said, stop talking to me. See, this is here's the thing. That when we start getting into the real life things that people are dealing with, what we need to what we need to understand is that there is a tendency to retreat. There is a tendency to run. There is a tendency to say, let's go listen to a message that's easier to hear mm -hmm. or let's go watch basketball or let's go to brunch. But that enemy wants to keep you in that place. But God has raised up this teaching for this time to bring you out. One, so that you personally know what to do with disappointment. But two, so that you can do what you've been saying is that when we encounter somebody with disappointment, we know how to walk them out. And we have to remember, and I started off this series talking about the scripture where the apostle Paul is saying literally to the people, he says to them, he's talking about how he does not want them to be ignorant. Of saying that's good. And when he's talking to them, he's really using the context of saying, hey, if if you go back and read it, he's saying, if you have a brother in the church and that brother does something wrong and that brother comes back and repent, don't use what that brother did against them and make them feel bad. Embrace them back into the church. He says, because if you don't, Satan could get a hold of them. And if Satan gets a hold of them, that that is that's not what we want to happen. He said, so don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. And I start off by saying that disappointment is one of the devices that the enemy uses to keep us from walking in faith. Because if you lower your expectations, then you can't believe what God is saying for you. That's good. And so we have to be mature enough to understand that Satan, while he is already a defeated foe, he does have some tricks. And if we don't understand what those tricks are, because we don't read the word, which tells us what they are, then he can do things. And we don't even realize that it's the enemy. We think it's just some natural human thing that's happening. But really, he uses disappointment to help us to work against ourselves. And that's what we oh, have to Oh, that's really good. And so I think somebody just needs to hear this right here. God cares about my disappointment. God cares. God cares when I'm disappointed. God is not saying suck it up. And sometimes he cares so much, he actually made a way out of that disappointment before he the will provide ever, a way of ever, escape. ever showed up. No, that's good. That's how much he cares. He cares so much about our disappointment that he provided a way of escape before disappointment came. Mm -hmm. And I love I love what Dexter said in the comments. Dexter said, listen, what we've got to do is the summary of it. He says, I think you're pulling it up. He says, we have got to respond with faith-based action instead of time wasters, mm -hmm. actionable faith instead of distracting mm -hmm. time wasters. Yep. See, because when we get disappointed, we can begin to waste time mm -hmm. because if we don't believe anything's going to change, what's the point in doing what God said? What's the point in looking for another job? What's the point in working on the marriage? Yep. What's the point in being open to love? So we must respond to disappointment with actionable faith Absolutely. instead of time wasters. Yep. Somebody put in the comment, no more time wasters. No more time wasters. No, no more time wasters. So one of the first things. Y'all need to be sharing this. Yeah, I'm this telling is you, such this, a good this, there, there are people in your I, There are people in your family who will thank you for this because I'm telling you, this has been one of those things that that took off in a way I, I didn't expect 
but it resonates with so many people in so many different areas, whether it's finances, whether it's marriage, whether it's kids, whether it's vocational. It's, people have had so many disappointments in life, and now they're like, wait a minute, there's a way that I can practically deal with this based on the word. And when they start doing it, what, what they, the feelings they had, that, that, that grip of disappointment on their life is getting broken free. And so you, you ought to be sharing. Can anybody see how the enemy has used disappointment to get you to work against yourself? Yeah. And can anybody see how disappointment can stop you from believing God, can stop you from dreaming, can get you to lower your expectation? Well, here's what the Bible says. It says when the thief be caught, he must repay. Mm -hmm. Now that he is caught, you are in prime position for recovery. Amen. Now that he is caught, these steps are the path to your recovery. And this is our season a rebound and recovery and recovery and we do things further further faster so i decree and declare stick, stick. i decree and declare that this is a 10 to 1 season Ooh. for you that what it should have taken you 10 years to recover you're going to recover this year Listen, if you walk this out chris was singing this morning and one of the phrases in one of the songs she was singing she said i find joy in chaos i'm telling you this is your season where you're going to start, even though chaos is going on, you're going to, your joy is returning. You're going to learn how to manage this disappointment in a way that you've never done it before. Your life is going to be filled. You're going to, you, your expectation is going to be growing back. I'm telling you, this is a season for you to see supernatural kindness come into the your life. Supernatural kindness in a way of God. That has never been before. Absolutely. And so you need, th this is one of those messages that you need to take the notes of and you need to put it somewhere and come back to it regularly and making sure that this is how you are managing disappointment. Amen. You're overcoming disappointment. You're not, I love Keita said, I'm taking my joy back. You got to take, yep. you need to understand this. The enemy is never going to give you your joy back. No, the enemy is once he put his foot on your neck, He's never go. He's never gonna say, "Oh, streak is down. I should stop now." Yeah, Tina no. said, "This is medicine for me." His this, word is. You are is. going to it's have medicine. to decide. Yes. I don't care how much disappointment I've experienced. Yes. I don't care how long I've been in this situation. I don't care how many times it has failed. I am taking what God said and I am using it to overcome. Amen. Now I want to give Lord you the first God. one. Somebody Lord, just stop and Lord give the Lord God. some praise. Lord Somebody God. just say, I, I find joy in this teaching, man. I'm telling you, we ain't even gave no point. It's the idea that people are realizing, you know what? I don't have to let this disappointment hold me. I don't have to be sad about what transpired a decade ago and, and then base my life on this thing. I'm living in a rut. I don't have to do that, glory to God. I, I think that one of the manipulations of the enemy is to make you think that when you see people who have joy, they have never had disappointment. Mm. Mm. I think he uses a tactic of isolation. Mm -hmm. And I, that's why I love when you said the other week, when you said there are things we have literally walked through that some of the people closest right. to us do not know right. because the Holy Spirit did not release us to be able to share them. 
our joy did not mean that we did not face disappointment. Right. Our joy was the reminder that our disappointment could not stay forever. You know, and one of the things I said the other day, as I said, when we went through stuff, one of the things we would tell each other all the time is this is just a light affliction. This is just a light we affliction. We would repurpose whatever that disappointment was and say, you know what, no matter how bad we think this is, this is just a light affliction. God's got us. We we will we will see the end of this. We'll we'll look back on this and go, man, did you see how we walked through that? Did you we see don't how we allow disappointment this? to be our forever place. And I think that this is so important because if you discount my joy to mean that I have never had mm -hmm. disappointment, mm -hmm. you will also disappoint. You will also discount my instructions to help you walk out. And you discredit the fact that you, that you make your situation so unique. And we've said that before. That you're, you're special. That you're special. But your situation is not. <laughs> right. What you're it's, going through, others have went through and came out on the other and side. And came out. And if ain't nobody came out, be the first. Because God is no respecter of person. I love Joshua said his aunt would shout temporary. I need some folks to shout <laughs> temporary right it now. Is. It's this temporary. is temporary. Disappointment is an emotion. Because it's an emotion, it is fickle. Because it's fickle, it's temporary. And if it's temporary, it's subject to change. And I can give God praise right now, I can this give God moment, praise. and change this situation. But here's the question Look. I hear the Holy Ghost ask. Asking me to ask you, Lord to God, are you willing to release your disappointment? Are you willing to release? It? Are you willing to release? Will you your exchange disappointment? your disappointment for joy? For joy? Are you willing to? I know your dis. I know sitting in disappointment has seemed to be a protector for you. But I need some people that say this message is <laughs> for me. But I just realized I'm oh willing to release my disappointment. I'm willing to release. I'm willing to release my disappointment. Yes, I mean it doesn't serve me well. My disappointment it doesn't serve. Doesn't serve. Well. It doesn't serve me anymore. I feel like it's some people getting some breakthrough right now. I do too. Now I want you to understand this. Just because I release my disappointment. It does not mean that my circumstances will automatically change. Right. What it means is I will change. I will change. And here is what happens when I give up disappointment. Disappointment is a blinder to what God desires to do next. Mm -hmm. Hear what I'm about to what I'm saying to you. Disappointment is a blinder to what God desires to do next. So understand the strategy of the enemy. You have faced disappointment and that disappointment has put a veil over you. Mm -hmm. You're praying to get out of disappointment, but because you won't release disappointment, it won't let you attach to what God desires to do next. So you keep going on in the cycle of disappointment and then you begin to say, maybe God doesn't care. Why won't God do anything? And he says, I have provided a way of escape, but I will not wrestle your disappointment from you. Mm -hmm. You have to give me that disappointment. Somebody need to hear this. I am telling you, you need to hear this. You need to understand this. You need to know this, that the enemy wants to use disappointment so that you will not let God bring you out. Listen, the Lord said to me, literally after Wednesday night, when I was, because I go back and I listen to, you know, to make sure that I, I, I said what I think I said. Right. And I was listening to something that I had taught uh, on that Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, when I was about standing faith. And the Lord said this to me. He said, disappointment is like a storm. OK. Mm. A, he said, and my word is like an anchor. He said, and mm. you 
or the ship. I said, okay, tell me what that means. He said, when a when a ship is in a storm, right, it needs to be anchored down so that the storm may come, the waves may come, and blow it over. He said, literally, my my word is my anchor for you that gives you hope. And then I thought back to this definition, and here's the definition we used on Wednesday. We said that hope is an optimistic state of mind based on the expectation of a positive outcome. My faith in God's word fuels my hope. And when it does, I'm willing to release disappointment. It's the reason I don't like the saying that says trust the process. Mm. Because processes don't always work the way that they're supposed to. Processes often go astray, mm -hmm. right? But God is superior to the process. Oh, absolutely. So even when the process is working against me, God can make it work for me mm -hmm. in Jesus' name. In Somebody Jesus say name. in Jesus' in name. Jesus name. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Somebody say in Jesus' in name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Now, I want to tell y'all a story because our first one is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. It is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. We must cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Put that in the comments. I must cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. I must cultivate an attitude of gratitude. I need everybody in the comments. I must cultivate it. Gratitude ain't gonna jump on my back and wrestle me out the bed. I must cultivate an attitude of gratitude. I must. Mm -hmm. I must. Who must? The Lord will help me, but I must. Right? Yep. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, it says, whatever happens, keep thanking God because of Jesus Christ. This is what God wants you to do. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. You just keep on. Keep thanking God because <laughs> of Jesus Christ. This is what God wants you to do. I want y'all to hear this because you need to clean your perspective up about God. God does not want you to do this because he's an egomaniac. Right. God does not want you to do this because his self-esteem is so low that he needs you constantly telling him how great he is. Mm -hmm. God wants you to do this because when you keep thanking him, you partner with the supernatural power to bring resolve, restitution, and recovery in your situation. Listen, an attitude of gratitude is a destructive force against the enemy's It works. is. He can't stand it. He can't stand for you to be in this posture of always thinking you're God. He can't take it because he can't come against it that way because the only way the enemy really has to come against our life is our thinking. And if your thinking is always geared on how good God is, then he can't get you to discredit God. And if he can't get you to discredit God, then he can't get he can't get you to stop believing God. And if you don't stop believing God, then you're going to see the end of what God has promised. And that's why he hates a person who has an attitude of gratitude. And the truth of it is, is that some of you have tied your identity to a depressive and melancholy spirit mm. and you need to break up with it. It's literally become a part of your attitude. It has become a part of your attitude to be pessimistic, to be down. In fact, 
Some of you have gotten so addicted in your physiology to depression and to mm. oppression and to disappointment that you actually won't let anybody bring My you out. God. You literally will call people and ask them to encourage you. And when they encourage you, you will reject the encouragement. Mm. You're going to have to shift. Tell your neighbor, you're going to have to shift. You're going to have to shift. You're going to have to shift. And I hear and you got to and you got to do what we say. You got to make a fast. Shift. You got to make a fast. Shift. You got to decide to do this thing quickly. You got to make the decision, which is to cut away any other option and make a fast shift. And I hear the Lord saying some of you are actually afraid to be happy. Mm. You are afraid to have joy. So when the enemy keeps trying to bring that depression back to you, even though you don't want it. You don't want that disappointment, but you're afraid to live without it because you are at least familiar with it. And you, it, it is fear, but you are going to have to make the shift. And the way you make this shift is by filling yourself up with the word. You're never going to get over the, I, to think that in your human existence, you're going to be able to say, I'm going to make the shift when you're already comfortable with this, with this, with living with disappointment, it's never going to work. The word, you're going to have to get so full of the word that it literally pushes disappointment out. You make the decision. You say, this is what I'm going to do, but then you have to allow the word. The Bible talks about the word will wash the us. The word will wash, wash you. You have to have that word to wash out that disappointment. You can't just do this with mentally assenting and in intellectual knowledge. This is a biblical word-based skill that you have to learn and practice so that it can come and do what it's designed to do. Let the word do what it's designed to do, to push out all of that doubt, unbelief, and disappointment that's in your life. Listen, because this is a skill-based ministry. Now, I want you to think about this. I have never personally struggled with depression, but what I did struggle with was anger. Mm. And my first response to things was to be angry. Mm. The truth of it is, is that anger was a safe emotion for me. Mm -hmm. Anger is how I got people up off my back. Anger kept me from having to ever admit that I was injured and I was hurt by something. There was no therapy that could, there was no therapy and no laying on of hands that could break me free from anger until I was willing to release it. Yeah. Even the best therapist will tell you, even if they put you on medicine to manage depression, if you don't practice thinking about something different, yeah. the medicine cannot help you, yeah. right? right? The medicine becomes a cover. So for those of you who are feeling like, well, y'all, you don't understand because I'm diagnosed. I'm not minimizing your diagnosis. I'm saying that if you take the medicine, the medicine cannot do the work of renewing your mind. All the medicine can do is to give you a space to be able to renew your mind. But if you take the medicine and still meditate on the same stuff that made you sad, all the medicine doing is providing a little bit of a buffer. You've got to participate in your own rescue. Because we know something that we learn called the thinking feeling cycle. The thinking feeling cycle. And if you focus on the wrong thoughts, then the wrong types of chemicals will be released in your body. Absolutely. Even if you're taking medication to debunk those chemicals, you are still releasing those chemicals because you are thinking the wrong thoughts. So you so you so I'm not even saying medicine is wrong. I'm telling you, you you have to change your thinking. Though. You have to. Etoy just said, I had a diagnosis of depression. 
I had to renew my mind. I do not have depression. Right. Because, no, and, and, and this is a pause to say this. If you think about it, the medication for mental health really does the same thing that the medication for your physical body does. Sure. If you take insulin or you take high blood pressure medicine right. and you don't change your eating, the medicine is just a buffer. You're actually not healed. The medicine is supposed to assist you while you change. The medicine is not the change. Amen. Laying on of hands is not the change. Come on. The laying on of hands <laughs> will assist you, while you in make your the while change. you make the change. Yes. One of our favorite stories is about Chris. When Chris was struggling with her mind and she generationally had something that according to the doctors was going to be a repeat in her mind for uh, for years yeah chris had us lay hands on her yeah. the laying on of hands had power but chris also had to do the practical work in her own room to manage her thinking yeah. and that is why people who know chris now would never know that Cr the chris then right. how she struggled with those things it wasn't laying on of hands it wasn't the oil it wasn't medicine it was none of that by itself it was her partnering with those things and doing the work to change her mind amen now, amen. Now, let me keep going. Psalms 118 and 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Mm -hmm. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. I got a perfect story for this. I yep. said, don't let me forget to tell it. Yep. I have a friend that about two weeks before Christmas, her husband is an avid mountain biker, mm -hmm. right? Goes out three, four times a month all day long up in these Ozark mountains and hills. On a Saturday, he had a terrible accident. Yeah, really bad. A terrible accident. He was covered in blood. They had to call her from work. One of his friends called and said, we got to tell you, we don't know how bad it is. They go to the hospital. She says, he literally has so much outward injury they have to run all the tests, MRI, scans, all of this stuff, trying to figure out what is actually wrong. He ends up, praise God, not having any bones breaking, broken, glory to God, but he did have some short-term memory loss. Anyway, what they found in the scan was a tumor on his kidney. She said to me, she said yesterday, she just said to me, she said, I never would have wanted my husband to have this accident. Mm -hmm. She said, but the reality of it is, is this accident is why we found the tumor. She says, the truth of it is that they have said that this tumor, because of where it's located, it doesn't even have to be cancerous in order to bring destruction to him. He had no symptoms. No he pain. had no pain. She said, we had About no reason right. to ever get this tumor. Right. She said, so the way that I see this is, is that the enemy thought that he was going to use this accident to kill my husband, but God used this accident to keep the devil from killing my husband. Because they found that a tumor is, that they never would have found. That is mm -hmm. an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. They've had to walk through some things. 
They had to walk through some things. They're still walking through some things. She said, but will we have ever found? She said, the truth of it is because he didn't have any pain. And the doctor says that this particular type of tumor would not have had pain. It never would have had pain. And I think it, I think her perspective is so powerful. She said, I am so thankful to God that my husband did not die. And I am so thankful to God that he was covered in so much blood that they had to run all the scans. And people who don't know God, don't, how could you say you were thankful for the accident? Because if it wasn't for the accident, maybe the tumor would have killed him. But because of the disappointment comes, but you have to be able to look deeper than what's on the surface. You have to go deep with God. We talk about going deep with God. When you go deep with God, she's able to say, you know what, God, I thank you for the accident. It's not something I would have wanted to have happen, but it happened. And I thank you that it because it happened, you allowed the doctors to have. Listen, what if he wasn't covered in blood? What if he had just broke his arm? They had just treated the arm. But because he was covered in so much blood, they had to do all of those scans because they didn't know if he had internal bleeding or not. And when they did the scans, they found a tumor that he didn't know was there because it wasn't giving him any pain or anything. And now they're able to treat it, which can literally save his life. And she literally said, this is Romans 8. Mm -hmm. She said, this is all things working, <laughs> working together. together for the good. And she was like, I wish people would understand that all things working together doesn't mean there's never trouble. It doesn't mean it's always hunky-dory. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean, mean that it. there is never trouble. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there are never circumstances. Now, I love what Ralph said. God didn't make him wreck his body, but God show used the opportunity to save, save his, his life. Amen. And so many times you think God did something to you but God actually used the thing that was done to you in order to turn the situation around if you'll let him. Because he's just a that. good, good father. Because he's a good, good father. <laughs> I think about this. I was so disappointed that I wasn't going to practice law. Mm -hmm. But if I had practiced law, I probably never would have got to the place that I am now. I was thinking about this. And you used to say- You certainly would be reaching people the way you're reaching them. Absolutely. You were saying, you said this to me. I remember when you were trying to get me to let go of this dream of practicing law. Mm -hmm. And you said, Sean, you don't love this world. You don't love it. You haven't you, loved it since the first year of law school. You don't <laughs> love it. Let it go. And I think about how much I absolutely love the work that I do now. But had I not had that disappointment of what I thought was my dream being blown up, would I have ever been open to this? Sometimes a dream will die so you can realize the dream. Yes. A dream will die so you can realize the dream. <laughs> the one you were really supposed to be doing. The one you were really supposed to do. And if you learn how to walk through disappointment and you learn how to uh, manage and how to do the things God's called you to do, you will get to the dream faster. Listen, I want you to put in put this in the comments. Say, I will not stay in disappointment. I will not stay in disappointment. I will not stay in disappointment. Somebody ought to just act like you throwing this. You I ought to do not. some physical acts. Like I am coming out of disappointment. Mm -hmm. I am taking a step mm -hmm. out of this because sometimes this is the thing. I was thinking about this last night because these notes are so good to me. And I was thinking about this. And we didn't even got to get to all of them. We come back. <laughs> I was thinking about this. Sometimes you are disappointed with God over what he never said. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked me the other day. It's the wrong expectation. It's the wrong expectation. Somebody asked me the other day. 
how did you feel when the, when the Lord told you you couldn't be a lawyer because didn't he tell you that you could be? And I stopped and thought about it. The Lord never told me I was supposed to be a lawyer. You'd wanted to be. You decided to be. You saw a TV show. You had, a, you had an image and you created an expectation. How many of you are holding on to disappointment right now? Oh, we can just stay right here. That God never, you're mad about something. And, and, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to seem, it's going to seem really insensitive, but it's not. It's designed to get you someplace else. You want your parent to be something, but God never told you they were that. Mm. And they've never modeled for you that they're that. But you keep being disappointed and creating an expectation for them to be. And then you keep saying to God, God, why won't you make them treat me different? And he was like, but I never told you that. I never told you that. What I did tell you is that I would be a mother and a father to the fatherless mm -hmm. and the motherless. That's what I did tell you. But I never told you this thing that you are holding on to. I never told you you would live at the beach. I never told you <laughs> that you and your sister would be best friends. I never told you that, but you are disappointed. I never told you that relationship would work. In fact, I told you it wasn't going to work. Mm -hmm. But you hear me. I told you it wasn't going to work, but you thought that getting married and having a baby was going to make it work. Mm. And now you're disappointed with me because you're like, God, why didn't it make it work? But God, listen, God has great dreams for all of he us, does. but God won't wrestle us into change. Now, the thing I love about God is he'll keep calling us. He'll, I, I, Y'all need to hear this. As much as I believe, that we are meant to be together. As much as I know that God said to me that he would give us days of heaven on earth, mm -hmm. I also know that if we refused to obey him, God would have allowed us to get divorced. Sure. And it never would have been his will, but he would not, he was not going to force either one of us to do it his way. Yep. And so everybody right now, let's just do it again. Let's release disappointment. We release it. Let's release disappointment. Release and disappointment. And some of you need to stop being mad at God over situations you got yourself into because he didn't fix it. Mm -hmm. You you chose to date a liar. You chose to marry a liar. Yep. And you're mad at God because they betrayed you with lying. You got to let that go. Because what is your thing about mis-expectation that, that you, when you give the definition? About disappointment? About disappointment. Let's go right, right. Let's go back to it. right there. It's the feeling of dissatisfaction that follows failure or perceived failure of an expectation that we had or hope that we had that was going to manifest. That's what disappointment is. Disappointment shows up when I have an expectation of something that's going to happen a particular way at a particular time with a particular person or whatever. And when it either doesn't happen or it doesn't happen the way I thought, then disappointment has the way to come in because now it, it, it didn't manifest the way I wanted. It's why we say all the time when people say, well, God told me I was going to have a job by, by, by the end of this week. Did God say that or did you want to have a job by the end of this week? Because those are two different things. Knowing what God, God said, I'm going to get you a job. Or God said, I'm going to take care of you. Sometimes God will tell people, I'm going to take care of you. They go, well, that means God's going to do X, Y, and Z. You put those expectations there. So now when you're dis now when they didn't show up the way you wanted to, now you're disappointed because it didn't manifest in that way. This is so good. Are y'all getting blessed by this? And here's the next thing I feel the Lord saying. 
after you acknowledge that you were disappointed in God and now you realize that you don't need to be mad at God, you need to release disappointment for yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to release disappointment for yourself. And here's what you need to. And that's a Go. major problem for a lot of people. Yes. They, they And I'm going to let you talk about it. They don't, they won't, for, I'm going to say it like this. They won't forgive themselves. They won't forgive themselves. Look, you need to look in the mirror and say, you know what? You made some dumb mistakes, but you not dumb. No, come on. You come need on. to look in the mirror and say, yes, you boy. Yes, you girl have made some dumb mistakes, but you aren't dumb. You need to have that emotional honesty with yourself. Yes, you have made some stupid decisions. Listen, whoever on this live that has never made a dumb decision, raise your hand and come to the church so we can lay all on you for lying. Because we know you lying. Everybody has made some dumb decisions. I made some dumb, stupid crazy out-of-pocket decisions some things that you look back at and go was that what? even me what was i thinking but that doesn't determine who i am or who i have to be going forward so what happens is is that there's a stage so some people get disappointed and mad with god mm -hmm. okay some people get disappointed and mad with themselves mm -hmm. and instead of releasing the disappointment they continue to punish themselves yes. with more disappointment yes. Absolutely. I just want to ask y'all because this goes back to disappointment and misplaced expectations. I want you to know this because Pastor Ellen just told us that disappointment comes when we have these misplaced expectations mm -hmm. and this fear of failure. Can I ask y'all a question for all of those of you who struggle? No, here we go. If you struggle with your own mistakes, put a nine in the comments. We're using nine again. If you struggle with your own mistakes that you like, I can't believe I chose them. I can't believe I spent the money that way. I can't believe I did this. I can't if believe you, I had a baby with him. I can't believe I had I a baby, with, baby her. with her. Baby with her. Right. right. <laughs> if you if you if you like if you struggle with your own disappointment, put put nine in the comments because I got a question for y'all. I need to see all of these people. Now this is very important what I'm about to do here, because the thing on the screen says. Disappointment is the feeling of dissatisfaction that follows failure or the perceived failure of expectations or hope to manifest. Now, y'all see all these nines here. So, number one, you're not alone. So, nobody has to feel shame or called out. Amen. Can I ask y'all a question? Who told y'all y'all were going to never make a mistake? Yep. See, because that's your first misplaced expectation. Because you say things like, I should have known better. How would you have known better? Right. I should have known not to do. How would you have known not because to Because what you're doing now is looking through hindsight. Right. And hindsight's always 2020. So you're I want you to understand how the enemy will play with your mind. Yeah. You out here mad at yourself because you had a you had an expectation that you was never gonna make a mistake. Who told you that? You you mean to tell me you were gonna go through life? and not live in a box the entire life. Mm -hmm. And you thought you was gonna get through this here life where life is life and you were never gonna misjudge a person. My you God. were never gonna make a bad My financial God. decision. You was never gonna eat the thing that made you sick. You mean to tell me that you had so much arrogance and pride that you literally believe that you was going to walk through yes. this earth yes. as a specimen of yes. perfection yes. and never make a mistake. Don't yep. you want to go ahead and forgive yep. yourself today? Yep. And that's why you're disappointed because you thought you were going to be perfect. 
Keisha said, over time, I've gotten mad at myself because of how people have treated me after I made the mistake. I think the truth is we could go deeper with that. But the reality of it is, is that you only stay around people who treat you bad after you make a mistake because part of you feel like you deserve that. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and that's the truth. What oh, people no, do. It, it is true. It, it's like it's this. True. It's the let's say let's say if we were talking about infidelity or something, which we not. But if we were talking about infidelity. A person will stay with the spouse that keeps abusing them for infidelity because they actually believe they deserve yeah, that. They, some somewhere in them they feel bad about themselves. Uh -huh. People who are people who really feel good about themselves don't let people mistreat don't them. allow other people to abuse them. They do not. They don't. They, they do don't. not. And it's and, and it's not a slight against anybody, but you have to when you find yourself in situations where you are letting other people treat you less than you know you deserve, you have to ask the question. Not what's wrong with them. What's wrong with me? What do I believe about myself? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. And we'll use something funny and see if we can wrap up here. Okay. You, we talk about, we got a hilarious story about how you got the lights cut off that time. Oh, yeah. You got the lights yeah. cut off that time. Yeah. You, it was your busy season. I came up, baby, I came up to your little class, look, put my face in that little rectangle window. You was the only black person in there, so they knew that they I knew was there. Was somebody they knew me. that I was there for you, right. right? And I was so aggravated with you. Man, with the baby on the hip and a diaper bag. I didn't bring you Tay. <laughs> no, did you not? Okay. Tay was with me, Jay. I did not bring okay. Tay. See how people start adding to the story? You trying to get some sympathy here. You tell this story right there with Strickland. Okay. And so... I was very upset with you. Mm -hmm. It was your busy season. But here's the thing. I didn't keep throwing it in your face that you got the lights turned off. Right. You also wouldn't have let me, though. I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have let me. I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, I get the cable turned off for the same mistake that you made. Yep. This is one it of was your time. busy season. It was not that we didn't have the money. We just didn't have any system was, for doing things. busy, yeah. And I apologize, but you didn't keep holding me hostage for it. I did not. Here, here is the thing. Everybody, should, God did not put you in this earth to be a punching bag by anybody. And I mean an emotional punching bag or a physical or verbal punching bag. Everybody makes mistakes. If I make a mistake, if I blow it, you got one or two choices to forgive me and stay or not and go. But what you don't get to do, not my mama, not my husband, not my kids, not this church, not my clients. What you don't get to do is keep throwing who I used to be or the mistake I made in my face. Because I believe that the only people who throw mistakes in people's faces like that are self-righteous people. Because the truth of it is, is that if you live long enough, you go make the kind of mistake that you need forgiveness for. Absolutely. And you may not make the same kind of mistake, but you go make a mistake where you need you some mercy and some grace. So what you don't listen, I, I cannot make you. I can't make you forgive me. I cannot make you give me another chance. But what I can say is you won't sit here and abuse me. Yeah. You won't make me feel like crap. I feel like that was for somebody. If, if Go ahead. Well, I want to respond to Miss Bryant. Like he should. Well, let Go me see ahead. If I can Let's find, find if I can find her comment because I think this is important. So she says she's and, and this and this makes perfect sense. She says, I know I will make mistakes. She says, but we know but means I cancel out the first part and I focus on the second part. She says, but I've made those decisions. I was too trusting 
to too many people. When I talk to people and they say that to me, what I say that to them is- Say it, this is good. You still have to be introspective. Why were you too trusting? You were too trusting because you were looking for something that was unfulfilled. You were too trusting of other people because you were either looking for love, you were looking for validation, you were looking for something. So it's still a you problem. And if you don't acknowledge that, and you just put it off on you being too trusting and other people was wrong, you won't fix the thing that needs to be fixed. So it still has to be this reflection of it's not just about you trusting too many people. The question is why? Why did I why trust, did so, you many trust so many people? Why, why? Did you, why did you continue doing that? You have to look introspectively or you will just in a quasi polite way, a blunt, a, a, a place to blame on others that it was their problem. You were good to be trusting. They were bad to do what they did. But you have to ask the question, why was I that way? What was unfulfilled in me? What, what, what did I ignore when I got these feelings that I shouldn't be? Why did I ignore them? What was I looking for, for, for from them in order to get this validation? And I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want that to go by because I want her to hear, but I want other people to hear that too. We still have to be introspective about why we do what we do. I think that's really good. How many of you listen? Are y'all being blessed by this teaching? Because we a skill based ministry up in here, baby. How many of you? Let's can we let, let's have some very honest conversation as we go ahead and get healed and we walk through this. I want you. Listen, she said, I received this word, she said, because my back was locked and it was hard to move with this cane. But now I'm moving around and getting dressed. That mm -hmm. pain was a lot. That word, because working because on what's it. happening is, is that you're holding that disappointment in your body. Mm -hmm. Right. And you have to be willing to make some decisions that you need to make for the betterment of you, even if everybody else doesn't agree. We are all it's 100. It was 121 of us on here. We ought to say this again. I'm releasing disappointment. I am releasing disappointment. Listen, I don't, I know but, even you YouTubers ought to be saying it. I'm releasing disappointment. Let me say this. I, I think this, here's the thing. I think the truth of it is, is that if most of us were honest, who has ever been hurt by somebody after you knew they had the potential to hurt you? Mm -hmm. Let's, let's try number 21 for that. You got hurt by somebody after you knew they had the potential. Mm -hmm. I'm about to put you my, about to, you about put my own No, you got hurt by somebody after you knew they the, had the potential. It's not like you were really shocked by their behavior. Because I want to walk you through this. In actuality, you got hurt by somebody after you knew they had the potential to hurt you. And then what people do is to go, I trusted too many people. And I love what you say it is, because what you say it is, I need to look at myself. Mm -hmm. You need to ask yourself. You need to go through the work to say, why didn't you trust yourself enough to trust yourself? How do I get a bad feeling? about this person right here i see red flags right mm -hmm. but i am willing to ignore myself in order to still have relationship with them here is the reality even sometimes when you think you're mad at them you're mad at yourself mm -hmm. you're actually mad at yourself 
You are mad at yourself because you ignored yourself because I am thoroughly convinced that God is so good that whether you is saved or not, that there that when somebody comes to in your life that's not supposed to be in your life, you got a little warning signal sure, on the inside you of you that tells you, you that person should not be in your life. But you're willing to ignore it in order to get some unfulfilled need. Man. Yes. Yes. And that and that yes. is where the problem lies. Yes. I'm willing to ignore these red flags. I'm willing to ignore Holy Spirit. I'm, 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 I'm willing to ignore X, Y and Z because ultimately my expectation, my hope to manifest is that this person will give me what they need. And when they don't give me what I need, now I become disappointed. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Now, I'm going to tell you how to fix this. Psalm 62. I'm going to tell you how not to ever end up in. Never. You can, you can, you can, you can make your life fail proof in this area. If you mm -hmm. will just do this right mm -hmm. here. Anybody who comes in your life that you are about to give access to your heart, you should ask God this one question. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Yeah. Who is this person to me? Can I give this person this kind of access? I'll never forget. Um, later in life, a couple of years ago, I met. What, what? I, I won't go ahead. I won't forget what I got to say. Okay, I I met this person. And I thought this person was really cool. And you said to me, you said they cool, but I don't think they're supposed to be close to you. One, you got to be open. One, you got to be open to somebody who loved you saying that. He said they're cool. I'm not telling you that you can't do business with them. I'm telling you, they are not supposed to be a good friend of yours. Now, because I know you can be extra protective of me, mm -hmm. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, you heard what Edwin said? This person seems like a real cool person. What do you want me to do? He said, I want you to follow what your husband said. They are cool, but they should never be close enough to know anything that's in your deepest, darkest secrets. That person was very instrumental in some things in my business, but I always remembered what God told me about them. So when that person did the thing that could have devastated me, guess who didn't get devastated? Because yep. I had never linked my heart to somebody because one, my team told me not to trust them and the Holy Ghost told me not to trust them. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is that you think that because somebody is a good co-worker, they now should be your best friend. Mm -hmm. You think that because you pray on the prayer team with somebody, they now should be your confidant. Nobody should be getting access to the innermost parts of you without you asking God whether that person should be close. And this is the truth. And all my friends know this. I don't assume that because you're in, you're always in. Because I don't know what could get in somebody's heart. Every single year of my life in October, I look at every close relationship I have and I ask the Lord whether that person gets to remain in that place another year. Absolutely. And there have been times that there have been people, you watched it, people I'm super close with. And I said to you, the Lord said, move them around. The Lord said they too close. They can't be that close to me. And then I have really been able to preserve myself from a lot of injuries by not thinking that I'm smarter than I am. Now, you you said you weren't going to forget. So I, I didn't. And it, and it actually dovetails perfectly into what you said, which is when I ask God, God, can I trust this person? God, is this person supposed to be in my life? And God tells me, yes, 
my expectation is not that that person would never disappoint me Come on. because I never know what could ultimately get in their heart. My expectation becomes, okay, I can trust them because God said so. And if they disappoint me, I can trust God to repair my heart. That is the difference. That is the difference. A lot of people will be like, okay, God, can I trust them? And then and then, and God will tell them, yes, you can trust them. And then when that person disappoints them, they get mad at God. But remember, we all have free will. And if we all have free will, the fact that God told me I could trust you, God also knew that there would be the opportunity for you to do something wrong that I, that I would no longer trust you. So my expectation is not that God was wrong. It was that if God told me I could trust you, I trusted you. If you violate that, I depend on God to repair my heart. And so I think that's so important for people to get so that they don't get in a situation where they say, well, God said I could trust them. And then they did X, Y, and Z. They have free will just like you do. You have free will. They have free will. God said you could trust them. God knew their heart towards you. If something got in it and perverted it, then my expectation is that God will repair my heart. So when I deal with relationships, especially as a pastor, that's how I always go into the relationship. If God tell me I can trust you, I trust you. But if you do something and you disappoint me, you lie on me, you tell me you're going to help me, you say you're going to be here, you go out and talk about me and leave, I'm not mad at you. Does it hurt? Yes. But where's my expectation? From God. So if you hurt me, God repairs my heart. But I'm also not going to close my life off. To everybody else. To everybody else. Because I'm God is going, a mender of the brokenhearted. I'm not going to punish my future people because somebody Absolutely in the present not. hurt me. Absolutely not. I'm not going to lose the ability to have love because somebody in the past Absolutely hurt me. Not. I'm not going to lose the ability to have good friends because somebody in the past because hurt if me. you do. You're still living in disappointment. You're still living in disappointment. You haven't released disappointment. How many have been blessed by this message? That's we all we're going to do. That's all we're going to do. We'll come back next. It'll be that's a part three, I guess. It'll be a part three. <laughs> Listen, y'all ought to sow into this word right here. That your, your tithe, your seed today ought to be tied to this word. I am giving up disappointment. Mm -hmm. I'm giving up disappointment. But I really encourage everybody. You ought to ask the Lord. Everybody who's close enough to you to know something to, that's big enough to injure you, you should ask God whether that person should have that space in your life. Because I think one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people make is that you grew, but your person didn't grow. And you're still responding to them like they're the person you could trust when you were 21. Mm -hmm. And they have not been that person for years. Yep. And you keep getting injured and you keep getting disappointment, disappointed when you should just really say, I love and honor them for who they were. But based on who they are, they don't get that type of access to me. Yeah. They don't get that type of access to yeah. me. And that doesn't mean I'm mean. That doesn't mean that I'm cold. But it just means, why would I step in front of you for you to slap me? That don't even make sense. So, listen, you want to give your life to the Lord? Some of you need to give your life to the Lord because you realize you've been managing your whole life. You accepted Jesus, but you have been managing your whole life. You want to rededicate your life today? Just say, Pastor, I'm coming home. I want to rededicate my life. I've been guarded against God. I done done all of these things because I was trying to manage my own life. And I'm done with that. I'm coming home. You want to be a partner of this ministry? You ought to. It's a skill-based ministry. Amen. We'll teach you. If you'll let us, we'll teach you how to walk in love. Mm -hmm. um, we live by faith and experience God's prosperity. Somebody just said, Sharma, what if this manifests in your close relationship? So, um, again, yes, what if this manifests in your close relationship? 
So if there are relationships that you believe you're supposed to have, I think you try to have a conversation with the person about how they're injuring you. But I'm going to say it again. Nobody, nobody, not your mama, your daddy, not your spouse, not your kids, not your siblings have the right to mistreat you. Nobody. Nobody. Um, Can Lato you go back, Latanya? That's yes, a good question. A question yeah. Because we, we definitely have time. Uh, how do you adjust a relationship if you open the door before you ask God and let them in? But God said that that's not the access they should have. You change, I mean, well. Go ahead. It, it, <laughs> Go ahead. I don't want to make it simple, but it is simple. You adjust. What is the access God said they could have? That's the, all the access you give them. If they thought they had more access and they and they and they try to get that other access, then you you have to buffer that. You have to re, you you respond in a gentle way, but 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 you don't give them that kind of access anymore. If you used to tell them all your business, you stop telling them all your business. You you just you just make the change. Um, you, 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 but but this is so interesting because I think a question like this comes from still a desire to take care of other people at your own detriment. Oh, so yeah, I don't have that. So that's why so this is like to answer this. How do I adjust? <laughs> I don't <laughs> my bad. I don't want to that that's not that because to me it's really simple. I open the door before I ask God. I, ask, I let them in and God said that's not the access they should have. Door closed. That part door closed. Now, I don't mean I shut them out of my life, but I shut them out to the act to the degree that God has said they don't have access anymore. Here's a great example. Let's say you then got a they friend. have to deal with the feelings of that, not me. You got a friend and you talk to about five different things. Let's say you talk to them about your finances and the Lord says to you, hey, I don't want you to talk to them about your finances because your increase makes them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That means you can still talk to them about all four of those things and not talk to them about mm -hmm. your finances. No, right. I mean, the Heather said, put them on the porch. Yeah. But I, I think the thing is, I, we we go 90 minutes. We got three. Let's go ahead and walk this out. <laughs> three more let's minutes. Go, we got, let's walk this out. <laughs> I don't owe any human being anything other than what God says I owe them. Which is to love them. I don't owe that. I don't I don't care how long you've been my best friend. I don't owe you that if God say that's not who you should be to me. No, I, don't. I don't owe you that. And I don't spend and, no, and nor do I have to feel bad about and it. And I don't feel no time. I don't have to feel bad about it. Because this is how I feel. I feel like God is so good that if God told you, told me that you shouldn't have access to me. But here's the other thing, too, is that I think we need to not be so arrogant. Okay. Because maybe the reason that God said they couldn't be that close to me is I would be the one to injure them. Now, now don't nobody go. think about that part. Mm -hmm. Maybe you maybe you would be the person who mm -hmm. would injure it, right? So to me, I adjust according to what God says because I don't know. Because I know that some of this is don't let people mistreat you. But also, let's be honest, sometimes we're the mistreater. Come on. We're the mistreater. So if God says that somebody should not be close to me, I don't assume it's just because they would do something to me. Yeah. I also assume that I could do something to them. Yeah. And I do think it's pride for me to think that it, I think it's pride for me to think I can manage it. I think it's pride for me to think I know. And I think it's pride for me to think that they're the only person who could create injury. Mm -hmm. Agreed. 
I was always hurting somebody's feelings because they were the type of friend who needed to talk on the phone every day. And they wanted to talk on the phone every day about nothing. Mm. And they also were the type of friend they wanted. They sent me letters and they wanted me to send them letters too. And I couldn't understand why we was on the phone, why we also had to send a letter. So I literally said, it is not good for you to be with me. You are always disappointed. It's not you, it's me. It is me, baby. Because I ain't going to never. I am never. I usually say it's not me, it's you. No, it's me. It's me. It's not me. And you. you need to go find you a friend who is willing to talk on the phone and write cards. Because she didn't just want a card. You had to hand write in that card, too. Baby, I didn't have it in me, and I wasn't going to try to get it in me. It ain't even how I'm wired. It's not me. It's you you. going to have to get somebody else for that. It's not me. It's our opportunity to give. Listen. It's you. Listen, come to, come to church this week. No, because I do think you got to be willing to say sometimes it is <laughs> no, me. I, I'm I not you. going to I give you. you what you want. I hear you. It's me. <laughs> and I'm okay with not being what you need. Amen. You done got tickled. <laughs> go, go, look. All right. Amen. As we go, we still got 109 people. Can y'all tell us y'all one takeaway? Bless them today. Give bless us y'all one takeaway. The day. They have. They you want to bless them today? I um, think we had as much as 124 on here. Yeah. Okay. So everybody who's staying, let's get let's let let's see. Bless. Okay, Lord. Mm, all right. I hear that. All right. Here you go. Here we go. You 108. Hang on there. Here in 108. I release the supernatural favor of God on your life. Amen. That people are going to do things for you and they don't even know why. Mm. In fact, they're going to favor your kids because of you. Amen. I release the supernatural favor of God on your life. Amen. People are going to say Thank yes God. to give you what you need. Amen. 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 Receive that. Receive that. Amen. The supernatural favor of God on your life, even your kids being favored. Even your kids will be fake. Amen. All right. What was your takeaway? We got to go. We love y'all so much. Listen, y'all ought to talk about this message on Facebook today because listen. And if we, you haven't liked it, go ahead and click the like real fast. Click we did like. our good teaching today. Click the like real quick. I had to come back and match your energy because you have been. <laughs> Charlene Brazil said it touched her inside. No, I had to come back and match because you like you had come so hard in the paint the last few days. I couldn't come back in here looking like the weekend. <laughs> I had to get my juju on today. All right. We want y'all to be blessed. We want you to share this message with somebody. We love you guys so much. We want to see you in all of the um, announcements. You know what they are. Um, if not, go to the page and find them. You know what they are. Y'all have an amazing day. Sow your seed. Give into Project um, 24. And 2024, yeah. Project 2024. And let's have an amazing week on purpose. And we walk through disappointment in Jesus' name. You know Amen. what I just noticed? What? I just said Pastor Street. I didn't change the name. Yeah, I know. I forgot. You ain't even put no name I, on this. I, I just forgot. Get excited. Pastor Strick and the Invisible Girl. <laughs> Pastor Strick and the Invisible Girl. It's just. But you know what? I won't be disappointed. Oh, look oh, at there that. There you go. Amen. Manage that disappointment. I'll manage my disappointment. All right. We love you guys. Love y'all. Bye-bye.